my colleague just sent me um, an email, and in it he says that James Macaulay, who was a linguist, knew the joy of grammar, and he used a exclamation mark. I used a few exclamation marks in my in my new collection of poems, and I was self conscious about it. Uh, but I like the exclamation mark. I, th- I guess it can be overused like anything. But I thought about the joy of grammar, and I thought, well, I, I feel the joy of grammar. I love grammar. And sometimes I think, what happened to grammar? Where, where has it gone? And I guess it's, it's always around us. And, and one question might be, is grammar a description of something? or an invention. Um, And I felt quick to jump and say, well, it's both, obviously. Um, It's an invention, and some drunk monks invented uh, terms of anatomy. Some, Some drunk Greeks probably invented many terms of grammar and uh, drunk Romans, uh, Latin speakers invented many grammatical terms and rhetorical terms. But even saying rhetorical terms and grammatical terms, the word grammar, for example, I'm already using words and using grammar. So if I say, well, it's not an invention, it's a description because people talk. Well, right there, I've said people People's a word. It's an arbitrary word in English for human beings. And talk, we we call a verb. It's a simple sentence. People, subject, talk, verb. We're done. We have a sentence. People talk. It is finished. It's raining. Uh, I am alive. Uh, Simple and Yet the minute you say these things, you have something going on, and there I've given three more words, that grammar accounts for, but physics doesn't account for it, biology doesn't account for it. Um, I guess linguistics, philology, grammar account for it. And uh, grammar is one of the first of the of the arts, maybe the first art. After rhetoric, I I remember in the rhetoric class I took in graduate school, uh, Ron Christ gave us something to read or himself said that one idea for the invention of rhetoric is that it followed what happened when soldiers came back from fighting other soldiers over territory and they said, hey, what are you doing in my place? This is my place. Like Odysseus coming home, this is my wife, this is my dog, this is my house, and what are you doing here? Um, Well, how would you prove that you were there before? How would you argue, as we say? How would you stake a claim to your property? And out of this rose rhetoric. I suppose lawyers, historians of law would say that out of it rose law, and realists like Henry Kissinger would say, out of it rose more war. Um, and and we're back to Thucydides in the Melian Dialogues, saying that the 
the strong um, exact what they can and the weak accept what they must. Um, so we have politics and rhetoric and law, all with the same origin. And maybe a physicist or a biologist or an evolutionist would, would come and tell us uh, in other words, with other terms, with other vocabulary, with other history of discourse, what we were talking about. So that, to me, the, the joy of grammar is in any single word or any single sentence or any single thing anybody says. Um, I guess one of the great inventions of the 20th century was to extend uh, grammar into what we call nonverbal communication so that there's a grammar of gesture and a grammar of the body and a grammar of the face and so on, or an, an order, a taxonomy, a, a way of classifying a vocabulary. And um, I think Emerson wasn't alone in, in speculating in his diary somewhere, his journal, that um, the, the history of philosophy is simply a, a history of transition between vocabularies, um, alternative ways of describing the same thing. And uh, I'm reminded that Erasmus, uh, one of his most famous or durable works anyway, was the one in which, I forget the name of it, um, he shows that he can close a letter 150 different ways. Uh, in other words, as some might say, the same content differently expressed uh, 150 ways. So when people say, you know, well, what's the bottom line or what's the, what's the takeaway or can you put that in one point, can you summarize what you're saying? And, and they expect a sentence or two. Uh, when I was at Alumni Resources, they, they told me that when you make a presentation, you, you should seek to do it in 25 words or less. Um, so people want that kind of uh, summary reduction brevity. And, and yet Erasmus would come and say, well, you can say sincerely yours 150 different ways. So what can't we say 150 different ways? But then who, who has time to stand around while people even try two ways to say something? Um, the joy of grammar is, is um, having, having fun with that, I guess. And I, I feel uh, fortunate and also like I've wasted much of my life with too much time on my hands to think about these things. And it's gotten me in, in trouble, um, fussing over words and the way things are expressed and uh, different vocabularies for saying the same thing. It's something that I find myself making notes about, starting a Google file about this, that, and the other thing, and then realizing that, well, at some at some point, it all comes together and it's all expressive of the same sort of 
thing or the same kind of thing. And one comes to favor a certain way of describing things. In grammar, for example, or to explain grammar, or to explain speech, as we call it, there's the Chomsky school, which says that we have uh, a language instinct, as Pinker, Stephen Pinker called it, um, or a language organ. And uh, it's really like an arm or like walking. That is, it's almost impossible to be human and not have it. Um, and it switches on for Korean or English or French or German. And the stimulus for it, as Chomsky said, is poor. The poverty of the stimulus cannot account for the infinity, the infinite number of sentences that we can make without being taught really even how to make one sentence. We hear something and we imitate. And then the other school, which says, in effect, it's not um, innate, it's experiential, it's uh, empirical, it's environmental, it's learned, it's taught, etc. And Chomsky's theory simply can't explain the immense variation in, in the 5,000 or so languages that are spoken on the earth. And uh, if you take someone off the street, as, as Gene Searchinger did in his um, films called the, the Human Language Series that were shown on PBS in the 80s, I think. And now you can see all three of them on YouTube, the Human Language Series. They ask people, what if I say red big balloon and people say well that's not right we don't we don't say it that way we say big red balloon and pinker in the language instinct um takes much more time than chomsky ever did to explain why that might be the case but uh the 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 case seems to me pretty compelling that we are born with with a capacity for language and so we're also born, I suppose, with the capacity to invent 150 different ways to, to describe what we think we're doing when we do what we call talking.